I, I don't know what I'm going to have to cut from this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, it's, <laughs> that, um, that last bit needs to go. Like, and, <laughs> some of the bestiality can stay, but... Oh. <laughs> we can have a little as a treat. <laughs> it's all over the map. I don't know where I'm fading this out. Just tasteful amount. Tasteful <laughs> amount. A tasteful <laughs> amount of bestiality is going to be the tagline of this episode. <laughs> Welcome back to Brain Scramblies, your favorite What We Do in the Shadows rewatch podcast. I'm Claire. This is Carson. I'm Matt. I'm Richie. And also on the pod today is my friend... Ani. From middle school. <laughs> who has <laughs> never seen the show before, but she's staying with me and I made her watch the episode. Um, I'm not in middle school, to be clear. <laughs> we know each other from middle school. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's a good clarification. I'm in grad school. <laughs> This week, we are watching What We Do in the Shadows, Season 1, Episode 5, entitled Animal Control. And I don't think we have any notes to say, so um, I think we have to take it away with the Richie recap. Ani, I'm really still just rattling my head how a 7th grader got into grad school, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my recommendation's stellar. <laughs> Let's get Richie to recap. Okay, so for this episode, we uh, start out with Nadja and Laszlo on a nighttime excursion when they notice that their new neighbors across the street are uh, looking rather tasty. So uh, Laszlo's initial instinct is he wants to go kill one of his neighbors. Uh, so he transforms into a bat, goes into his room and tries to hypnotize him. But whilst he's doing that, uh, his neighbor's girlfriend visits and Laszlo is trapped inside their house and eventually beaten with a broom in the form of a bat and then taken to animal control. Um, while Laszlo is in animal control, uh, another big storyline that's going on is the introduction of everyone's favorite character, Gregor, or Jeff, or Jesk, or Jesh, depending how you know him. Uh, this man is Nadia's reincarnated lover that she has had for many centuries, but unfortunately this time, instead of being reincarnated into a great soldier or king, he is uh, reincarnated into a parking garage attendant. Uh, so while Nadia gets to know him more. Uh, Laszlo is, his rescue, I guess, is uh, launched by Nandor, Guillermo, and Colin Robinson, aka the boys who tried to save him. Uh, whilst in the animal shelter, Laszlo attempts to free himself by convincing his neighbor prisoners, the mainly cats, to free him out, even though his hypnosis does not work on animals like that, or at least those not those cats. Eventually, Colin and Nandor do come to, re to rescue Laszlo, but they can't figure out how to get into the actual room. Uh, eventually, Nandor, I think, just makes a break for it and tries to free a bat that he finds in there. But it turns out that he actually rescues the incorrect bat, and he actually frees a bat who is actually treated, receiving medical attention from the animal shelter. So probably costing a life by doing that. Uh, eventually, N Nandor turns to his second option, which is turning into a dog to try to get into the room to save Laszlo. But as you can imagine, one turning into a dog for a place that quote-unquote imprisons dogs is probably not the best game plan for that. And Nandor also gets trapped. Uh, while this is all happy happening, uh, like I said, Nadja is getting to know Jeff more, and she's slowly realizing that he is very boring and is kind of a loser, and she does not like him anymore. She can't really take it. 
Um, eventually, she makes Jeff remember who he is, and he kind of turns into like the real Gregor, and all of his memories kind of come back to him, and he becomes this like 16th century like warlord or something like that. Uh, kind of just like goes crazy, starts stealing horses, starts shooting local hoodlums with like little like suction cup arrows and stuff like that. Um, eventually, uh, Nadja chooses to leave Jessica though, or Gregor now to uh, come back and try to save Laszlo and the rest of the vampires. Uh, unlike the rest of them, she manages to do it very easily by just walking in, hypnotizing the guard, getting the code for the door, and then freeing them. And that's kind of where our episode ends. I just want to start with a base level note that Jeff, and specifically I'm talking about pre-hypnosis Jeff, reminds me a mm-hmm. lot of Matt. Just what? they're like what? What? the what? same person. Why? Sorry? I, just, I just think they're very similar. Parking garage. Wait, no. Expand. Expand more. No, I don't feel like. I'm <laughs> okay. Reply. Uh, Carson, I'm I, I'm not even going to try and defend myself here because I frankly <laughs> I don't know what I'm up against right now. I don't understand what you're talking about. I think this episode starts off real strong because the first line is, "Uh, he was a real spurter." <laughs> so that was pretty good right off the bat. That was what they called me in high school. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't know her then, so. <laughs> well, my first note was, haha, that woman beats the shit out of Laszlo. So. <laughs> she does. My my first note was a, a well-actually moment here where I was like, well, actually, Laszlo didn't say human form when turning back into human form, so how did he do that? I had that note, but I, I got rid of it because he does say bat later. Okay, but it's established that he doesn't need to, though. We know that no. he doesn't need. He doesn't to. need to, but he does it like every other time. Yeah, but I, like I Nadja, but Nadja just like steps and she becomes a bat. But it stuck out like a sore thumb to me that he didn't say human. Maybe Nadja is just like better at turning into a bat. I think she is, as she is at most. She definitely things. is. Yeah, given yeah. the hypnosis thing. Hmm, I guess that's true. <laughs> I think spoilers for what like two episodes from now when she finds Jenna or whatever. Who's that mm. girl she turned? Jenna? Yeah, Jenna. Jenna. And they try to show mm-hmm. her like how to become a bat and she turns into like that horrible, hideous creature. But <laughs> when Laszlo's showing her, he's like, Oh, all you have to do is just say bat and then Nadja <laughs> I'm pretty sure Nadja just says something where she's like, Yeah, you don't have to do that shot. I don't know why he does that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just like a mental trick. So maybe when he's not yeah. thinking about it, he can actually do it pretty well. But it's like to psych himself up. Uh, I do like how Laszlo's character at this point is basically just he is horny and hungry the entire time, uh, always wanting to feed and fuck. <laughs> Add in needing to pee six to seven times a day. That's me on my new diet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt. Um, I noticed... That... <laughs> Disgusting. Um, I noticed that Nandor has a spyglass. Caviar actually means Viagra. Um, sorry. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sure, Nandor has a spyglass. Yeah, thank you, Ani. It's a spyglass. Wait, I do want to... Ani, this is your first episode of the show, right? Okay, I have um been in the room while other episodes were played. What did you think of the show from this one episode? Okay, well, I have seen I have seen the movie several Okay, that's a good over, start. Including on a date in high school, and then her mom would not leave us alone. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but well it's not like i was trying to, i was 16 nothing was happening but anyway um 
Well, at least for, not for, for me, 16-year-olds. <laughs> not for me. I think that I've, I've seen, like, chunks or clips of this that are better than this episode. Mm. But there were some parts that I thought were funny. And I have a lot of thoughts about the ending. Including something that was not included in the Richie recap! But, um... <laughs> oh, um God. <laughs> namely, rats. I have a lot to say about rats. It seems, it feels like a, a season one episode, and I know that it is, but it feels like one, you know, where there's mm-hmm. still kind the of... The characters aren't fully formed, necessarily. Colin kind of was more, at least in, in this episode, I noticed specifically Colin was didn't fit like the archetypal Colin for the he full was time. Just, he was like narrating what was going on to the right? camera, which I found kind of weird. They were really trying to play up the mockumentary style a couple times, too. Yeah. There's one moment that was like quintessential Colin, but... We'll come to it because we okay. we should proceed linearly, as Claire says, through the episode. Thank you. I have one in mind. I assume it's the same. Because I also noticed and thought that's very Colin Robinson of Colin Robinson. <laughs> we see Laszlo get smacked, though, and then he gets taken he by animal control. Yeah. But we also see a really good Guillermo and Nandor bit where they're like, <laughs> next to each other side by side in the window watching this happen and starting to see yeah see see the budding the buds of a new romance it was super cute i mean Um, knowing what will to like what will come like that like i don't think i really was i didn't see anything in that (laughs) (laughs) looks like a couple of butts playing chess hey dudes will be dudes am i right bros will be bros I really did enjoy how they were discussing who should knock on the door of the neighbors. And Nandor <laughs> said, well, I'm too foreign. And Colin, you're too boring. We'll have to send Guillermo. Okay, this brings up a question that I have, though. And this is another vampire lore question. Do energy vampires need to be invited in? Evidently, yes. Because uh, later so. in the yeah. shelter, he had to be invited in. Yeah, in the shelter question about that isn't that like a public space i thought it was kind of like you can't cross somebody's threshold you know like somebody's house otherwise what would vampires See, but the parking that? garage they also couldn't get into so i think it's like yeah. if they interpret it as a place that like i think it's all about how they interpret the place so if they think it's like mm. a a place where they is, is like belongs to somebody hmm. i think they can't go and they have like a very 16th century I I think it's just kind of inconsistent um, and a piece of lore that they didn't care about that much. It kind of feels like the vampires are just like libertarians and really strong on property rights. And they're like, you're on that area. This all belongs to like the Lord ruler of Staten Island. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's almost like Nanja later on, it's almost like a supernatural force. Like she cannot cross the threshold. She starts like levitating. (laughs) Did she start levitating because of that? Or can vampires just levitate? I don't know. Well, I think I think both. There's also another a lot of vampire lore in this episode. Um, I just want to say, uh, I really kind of appreciate Nadja just living her best life with Gregor <laughs> slash Jess, Jean, John, Jess, Jess. I did attempt to write down every iteration that oh, she said. Oh, thank you. you. I like did the me? same thing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> would you, I, can I read them off, or would you like to? No, go for it. I'm not going to do the accent. I'm sorry. But I oh. have down Je, Jean, Jange, Jex, Jesh, Jank. Sounds like Jesh, Jisps, and it's like a weak ejaculation. Yeah. One of my favorite bits from the episode. Which of these 
Which of these would you name your child? Yeah, wait, tag yourself. I'm thinking a weak ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> Jish sounds like a really like annoying LA way of calling your kid Josh. Like X Ash A twelve. Yeah, exactly. I I have a note about the the Gregor's head in the parking beam. How they they made a point of like Gregor and Jeff and every past life he's lived, his, he gets his head cut off like invariably. And so they they did that all while his head is like clearly like directly like posed underneath its like large parking beam that looks like it's about. Oh, to come that's down really and... good. I didn't notice that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's posed directly under it, and it's like looks like it's about to chop. Would one of those cut off your head, though? Like, I don't think that they have the force to do so. No, they fully don't. And they show it come down later. I think that was the, yeah. the joke that they were going for. Was, was the... A weak ejaculation, a weak beheading. Weak beheadings. Uh, I have a good note, because when she starts floating, because she's not invited into the parking garage, at first I thought she was just floating. Uh, well, I wrote, she's so horny, she float. But then I realized <laughs> it's not because she's horny. It's because she wasn't invited to the parking garage. What, that doesn't happen to you? <laughs> so, so true. Um, Wait, yeah, I, so I, Claire, you told me the situation in which you watched this episode, and I think you should let that be known to the rest of the audience here. Well, I watched about the first five minutes in Penn Station, and then I came back to the apartment, and uh, I was like, Ani, you gotta watch this with me. So then, uh, you did not say that in your typically like quasi apathetic way. You said you can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so then we watched it in my living room. You may watch. <laughs> yeah, what? but I did watch the first five minutes in Penn Station. It was great. Um, I guess if we're moving back to Gregor, something which I took note of was all of the different kind of reincarnations that have been mentioned in his past. He was a soldier. He was a spy. He was a wax seller, a general monger, then a carpet monger, <laughs> a suitcase monger, a fish monger, a fly monger, a washerwoman, and then also a wild horse. How many lives Those are only lived? some of the ones mentioned. If he can change forms and become a horse are we to assume that the washerwoman was in fact like female does this soul just generally turn out male but every once in a while you get like, you get a, a horse woman or i think horse. so yeah horse lesbian i mean she i mean does not there's... say that nanja fucks a horse but do we think that nanja oh i think it's fully implied yes yeah. I think we know that Nadja fucks a horse because <laughs> what was it the previous episode where Lazo was talking about how he got fucked by a horse? Nadja was yeah. like, that's horrible. That sounds or like that is uncomfortable and terrible. And so <laughs> it, it was kind of spoken with the, the air of that she understood. To what extent is Nadja coded to be Catherine the Great? Huh? Explain. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Catherine the Great? She's from Greece. Heard you guys have never heard the rumor no. about Catherine the Great? Historical Being a figure? Greek vampire? And... No, um, <laughs> fucking horses. Like, no, actually? I've never heard this. Well, she was, like, really into fucking, which, like, get it, girl. Um, okay, I I'm pretty sure it's not true, because, like, like, not to say that I'm sexually unadventurous or whatever but i think that whoa. is a recipe for a bad time <laughs> let alone the illegality of it all you know so 
Carson, <laughs> you gotta take over, man. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta step out. <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> we just want dangerously like, close and to be will never fuck a horse, Okay. <laughs> But I'm saying that it was implied. Well, it was rumored that Catherine the Great did. I, okay. I, well, I was trying. But to the mechanics of that don't make history. any sense. I think horse penises are large. Yeah. From I mean, what little probably, I know about horse anatomy. You think? But like, what if you had a lot of lube? <laughs> Man, that's that's still. I mean, granted, I don't know the like, most about the female like, anatomy, but like three inches of horse dick. I don't know. Can we please stop talking about fucking horses? <laughs> I do. Um, I love that Nadja basically essentially ruins this man's life. I think that's a real girl boss power move. I I also love the quote which mm. he first sees Gregor, which is "What a wonderful shock it is to see you here." Says not <laughs> to Jeff at his place of work. <laughs> like, he clearly knows where he works. Like... So they go to this this carnival thing though, and then Nadja, not letting him know that she's a vampire, decides to eat popcorn and then throw up. It's everywhere. one of my favorite Nadja scenes from this season where she just so tries not to eat the popcorn and then just casually projectile vomits <laughs> into the trash can. Like pitch perfect. I don't know if you call it like slapstick comedy, but like the the very physical comedy of like her just like, like a- jet stream <laughs> like vomit yeah. into the trash can. Well, I don't know if pitch perfect is really an apt comparison. As because, like in Pitch Perfect, it's, a, it's like an event, you know. It's like the whole thing, and it's like it's a climax of a scene. I'm gonna throw up, and it's gonna be climax. Sad. It's gonna be <laughs> so much. It's so much puke, and look how horrible it is, and we're all grossed out. Whereas this one is just kind of a dainty little. Where does the volume come from? Because like she doesn't consume things. So, like where's all the vomit coming from? Well, it's blood. The movie has the I same thing actually. Um, mm. Where oh, what's his face? The the mm-hmm. asshole new vampire. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He eats fries and or chips oh. and projectile vomits. Like you know, way more than. <laughs> what's well, Australia? Vomit. It's Are they called fries Australia, or chips? It's New Zealand. <laughs> it's New Zealand. I can't believe you oh, don't know that. It. We do. We do. Oh, Carson doesn't. <laughs> uh, I think that it's you know just some sort of vampire magic kind of deal going on. I, I, magic stomach projectile vomit. I think it's just like all of the impurities become mm. one jet stream of vomit. So true. Before they go into the little carnival Nadja tells one of her stories from her village which is always something i'm very ready to hear when she saw the carnival she first thought oh is this a freak show and <laughs> just was like no and she's like we had a freak show in my village my brothers and sisters and i would each get one balloon and we'd bite at each other to get it one time her sister bit her brother's thigh and they sold the meat for money and that was that was just that story just another like in passing this happened in my village story. They're the most like blase, depressing ass stories I've ever heard in but my life. But what's colorful? They details. like burn the goat. Very colorful yeah. details. It's pretty good. My favorite one is like a song from the last season. It, it was like the song where it's like after baby Colin no longer is a baby, or maybe he's on strike or something like that. They need to find new performers, and it's going poorly. So Nadia like tries her own song. It's like, there is a bird and he's taking my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it was a giant bird. What is the trope in like the you go back to like the past and like in like invariably like a ter- like a pterodactyl comes and swoops and picks up a 
like a random baby and you have to go like save i don't know i feel like this has happened in many huh? shows. what are you talking about what? <laughs> whoa whoa, whoa. What? what what the fuck are you talking about i feel like it's like a thing when like you go like like time travel like whenever a show or like a movie does time travel to like the past like like when dinosaurs were like roaming the earth like invariably a pterodactyl like swoops down and like steals a person that they have to like go and like rescue what and i can't think of a single example i can't but I think of a single example i've watched are you just like watching the flintstones like what are you <laughs> i don't know you should cut this from the podcast <laughs> yeah, that made no sense. uh can we talk about how jeff becomes like an actual fucking badass and shoots those kids on the skateboard with absolutely no mercy I would like to just kind of shout out the actor oh, there for a second. Yes. Who seems to have the craziest range. His Jake name McDormand. is Jake McDormand. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I mentioned I think I mentioned before I saw him on the show Limitless yeah. on CBS where he becomes limitless. And uh <laughs> yeah, thanks, it's, I'm sorry. he's <laughs> actually he's actually really good. I think I also saw him in a movie, mm. but he he just immediately becomes a multiple character he's actor so in the matter of Nadja like hypnotizing him back into his past lives. I was like, when he became a horse, I was very impressed. Not that neck. Like, that, that was a good neck. You know what I mean? I was like, he's got those mannerisms down. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not an expert on horses, thankfully. But if you, like, played the sound. Well, take it from me as someone who knows a thing or two about horses. Huh? He played a great yes. horse. Wait, wait. No, no. You can't. Horses. Sorry, Carson. Girl. You can't say that after our conversation earlier about fucking horses. Carson has learned a lot about horses since that conversation. <laughs> if anyone finds out my last name, my career is ruined. <laughs> Your career is a horse breeder. <laughs> <laughs> the Neville let me near the stables again. Okay, you know what I... <laughs> breeder. <laughs> when I looked up uh, Jake... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm so trying desperately to keep us back on track. <laughs> Um, when I looked up Jake McDorman, I realized that he's only in four episodes of this show, which kind of shocked me because I thought that he was like a bigger part of the show. Well, so he gets arrested, right? Yeah. He gets arrested and then he, spoiler, dies in a later episode, right? By beheading, yes. Yeah. And then that's it, which is disappointing. Oh, the ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah he does come back as a ghost, doesn't he? I would have really liked, again, we're jumping ahead to season four here. I would have really liked if they had reincarnated him as a baby and had him be friends with baby. Oh, Colin and then Robinson. taken away by a pterodactyl or what was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That so often happens. As, in every as show happens and movie. in every show. It happens <laughs> in every show. It's a trope. Uh-huh. I feel yeah, like that is a time. thing. Somebody's gonna write it. It rings. It rings Someone's in my brain as a trope. Ani, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about the rats. Oh, I wanted to talk about the rats so much. Shortly before the ratting, which. This is a discussion regardless of whether or not Nadja turns into a pile of rats or simply does a trick where she disappears and then puts a pile of rats there. Regardless of who exactly or what exactly the rats may be. Before that, I asked Claire, I said, do you think Nadja's hot? And Claire looks at me and goes, yeah, obviously. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. But I'm wondering... (laughs) Claire is on the record as a major Nadja simp. Yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. So I'm like... I'm kind of curious, is this is this a hotness that appeals to women? Because I don't think that she's, like, classically super attractive, especially because her mouth is held kind of weird because of the fangs, you know? It kind of changes the shape of her, like, lower face. Um, so I was curious, do you guys think that Nadja is hot? 
Well, this is a this hilarious is a question. crowd to ask us, too. Richie, please take it away. <laughs> Richie, take yeah, this away. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> you guys just turned into Guy. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, she is. Okay, okay. So I'm a player. I'm with you guys. not just a queer woman yeah. thing. So, okay. Yeah. And then, anyways, I was looking up rat symbolism in my university's database because what the fuck else am I going to do? <laughs> um, yeah, listen, grad school is a horrifying place. Um, But I did find... One article. This is not where I thought this was going. No, at it's all. great. Um, it's called uh, "Symbolism of Rats and Mice" in Dostoevsky's Notes from the Underground by Michael Haltrescht in the South Atlantic Bulletin uh, from November nineteen seventy four. Shout out Michael Haltrescht, <laughs> our king. Uh, I just want to read you this little paragraph uh, talking about the symbolism of rats. By their filthiness, furtiveness, fecundity, and destructiveness, rats serve to represent the narrator's irrepressible sexual drives, his homosexual propensities, <laughs> what? his sadism, his joyless <laughs> contact with prostitutes, and such other unnamed ugly actions that perhaps that all perhaps commit. These impulses indeed so completely dominate the narrator that sometimes he becomes, symbolically, a rat himself, as when he imagines himself sinking into the mire of the psychic sewer and about to be engulfed altogether. In this symbol symbolical signification, the disgusting, plague-carrying vermin have their counterparts in the spider, which is loveless and sexual contact, somehow, and the eel, and the unspecified insect that the narrator has tried in vain to become. So I have never read um, notes from the underground. Okay, I feel like an eel is very sexual. Well, let's put that Just aside for now. First, we'll come back to that one. Listen, what's up with you this episode? <laughs> <laughs> so my question, my question is, like, are the rats kind of sexy? Is the rat supposed to be some kind of weird sexual illusion? Mm. Um, given Ani, Ani, I'm gonna stop you right now. <laughs> I I know exactly what the answer to this question is. It's so, no. So do I. <laughs> oh, right. I'm obviously also thinking, no, rats aren't hot, but, like, I'm just wondering, is it perverted I don't know about that. No, no, I... <laughs> as relates to Dostoevsky. <laughs> We're touring back up to the bestiality line really close. <laughs> I hate to come off this train of sexy rats, because it is something that maybe in a different context I wouldn't be here for. Actually, no, it's not. <laughs> what what, what are we saying? <laughs> <laughs> Again, bestiality. Yeah, oh my god. I do know why it's in there. Yeah. Um, it's in reference to a Dracula movie in 1992. Oh. The Gary Oldman Dracula. Oh, which yeah. is very sexual, so in this... though. But those aren't sexy. He exits stage right with the rat. He turns into a pile of rats. Yeah, it's like the same thing where like he kind of like slowly like gets back into the darkness and you can only kind of see like the outlines of his eyes kind Why? of like glow. And then all of a sudden he just turns Why into rats. Why is that though? Like, d does he actually turn into rats? Like, I don't understand how that's a vampire power. Well, if he if people can. Well, Nando turns into a dog. A dog, yeah. But like, he never does that, that was again. Out of though. Yeah, that's wild because he never does that again. Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, though. They they always do things that we never Random see again. Things. I did have one other thought about rats, rats, mm. which is that they might um relate to perhaps futility in the idea of the Rat King, where all rats <laughs> struggle against each other and cannot achieve any common goal and thus die with their ta tails all tangled. That is surprisingly true <laughs> for the show. Or, or, or maybe not just like just a really good cook. <laughs> like ratatouille. <laughs> Are you going for ratatouille? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, semiotics of rats. 
coming out this spring, Oxford University <laughs> Press. Um, look for it. <laughs> Purchase it. Please pre-order. Link in bio. I feel like a great, great storyline would be like, I don't know, like, Laszlo just like loves the movie Ratatouille or something he, like he that. He would be into it, wouldn't he? Because he, he went to that house show. Very into Ratatouille. He, but he, he but loves how like, manipulative he is. And it's an extremely is. French movie. Oh, that's okay. That's true. He does hate the French, mm, right? Yeah. This All is Brits true. hate the French. And so do I. <laughs> I actually think this would be a fun exercise to go and say what we think each of the vampires' favorite Disney movie would be if they had seen it. Nandor's is Frozen. That's <laughs> true. He would like yes. Frozen. That's yes. surprisingly... We'll include Guillermo as well. We can include Guillermo. Guillermo seems like he wants... He likes one of the classic ones. Um, I'm thinking Beauty and the Beast. I, I was going to go Luca, but I feel like that's too recent. What's the worst oh, the Disney most boring movie? Because that'll be that's whatever. What yes. Yeah, it's whatever Colin Robinson. I don't know what like the lowest rated Disney animated I film is. I feel like Carson is. might know. The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> that's Colin Robinson's true, favorite. It's, it's not good. It's really <laughs> bad. Colin Robinson should be like, he looks like Pocahontas, but only like the John Smith scene. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I was also thinking Pocahontas. Okay, we're so we're in the episode. I'm so confused. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're done with Nadia, right? She turns into a pile of rats because she has to go because she gets a phone call from Guillermo uh, saying that which, she has a help, phone. Which, if we. So, Nadia, <laughs> this is like the third time that we've seen Nadia be surprisingly relevant or up to date with technology. She uses a computer in another episode. We see her. not. It's not a focus of the scene, but she, we see her on a laptop. Mm. And she also knows what Sharpies are specifically as. In the previous episode, or in the first episode, where she's talking about writing on their heads with sharpies. Oh, good catch! And, and I would say that's not something that, if we look either at the later episode vampires or the other vampires even in this season, that they would know what that is because they don't get out. Mm. And so they make her like weirdly very, not even weirdly, but they just make her different from the other vampires that she understands. Her and Colin what's going Robinson on. are much more up to date, but her knowledge is spotty. You know, like she. She it is knows spot, how yeah. to. She's like, "What's your door code?" And when he says one, two, three, four, five, she's like, "Really?" So she knows that's a bad password, but she doesn't know what a carnival is, other than to relate it to a freak show, which I would say is perhaps slightly different, hmm. and does not involve giant tigers. But I, I or guess she wouldn't. Stuffed she probably wouldn't go to a carnival in her daily life though, because she doesn't go out during the day. Well, that's true, but they go at night, mm. you know. Yeah, but like, I guess if Laszlo's not going. Because so she's being shown new things by her boyfriend. So. That's a good trend. Are they really then. boyfriends? Huh? They have not. They've met. They like, have not, not boyfriends. The boyfriend, <laughs> I feel. They've had many reincarnations, though. They're certainly not exclusive. That is yeah. true. They're sexual partners. <laughs> They're lovers. She said, like, his very, very strong sexual energy that calls to my sexual energy. Good stuff. Well, I think um, it's. Matt, either your favorite line or one of your favorite lines when Laszlo, like, realizes that he's in the cage. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to start before okay. that, which is when they, you know, they're walking up to the door of their neighbor's house. I think it's then. I'm not sure. But Colin Robinson is talking about uh, how Nandor is a daywalker. <laughs> and he says this thing where he's like, uh, the vampires are always like, ooh, I'm a vampire. I'm immortal. I'm whatever. Well, okay. How about you go to, Im how about you go be immortal at yeah! brunch? <laughs> I thought that was such a fucking sick burn. Also, out of character for Claude Robinson. He doesn't really dig like that. No, he does occasionally. He was like roasting Nandor. No, he digs, but like he he roasts out of like 
ignorance more. No, he just like, out of because he, he also gets energy by infuriating people. Like it's not just boring people. If he makes people angry, then he gets energy too. But I feel like that's such like a pointed barb that like he doesn't come back with like in any of the other seasons. It's just such like a pointed like. He's a little remark. more bitter. You can tell. He has some good lines in this. I think another funny Colin Robinson line. What I thought was very Colin Robinson was when he like goes into the shelter. Also, it feels strange to call it a shelter. <laughs> so, I don't know, but um, it's he says like he tells the guy, "I need to do it." <laughs> he says, "I need to do it too." And he <laughs> like, walks away. <laughs> I have that. <laughs> I need to do it yeah, too. Yeah, I have that. That was a great line. Well, I would like to point out that earlier, Colin makes a, says moot point, which is is not actually technically correct. He he makes reference to to it being a moot point that. Uh, about getting into the house because Laszlo has been taken by an animal control van. Technically, moot doesn't it means open to question or debatable, and I really think that's a point that I expect. To call Carson, you're literally moot. becoming Colin Robinson I, right wait, now sorry, by correcting sorry. Colin Robinson. Do you, do you know what this is a great time for? You know what Sting this is a great time for? This is one we haven't had in a oh. while. Everybody get ready. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Any questions? Actually, I have, I have a point of contention. Yeah, thanks, Matt. That is, that is my point of contention. Yeah, that, that was just a Rose Carson uh, point of contention. That was fantastic. Thank you, Carson. I'm glad we could bring that back because that has frankly been lacking for the past three really episodes. Really good stuff. Uh, but Claire, yes, you're right. The moment where Laszlo reforms into a human in the cage is weirdly one of the funniest moments to me, and it's very short. Where you just always see is like the security cam footage of nothing in a cage, and then at about fifteen frames a second, Laszlo <laughs> appear into human form and say, "Where the fuck am I?" Yeah. <laughs> and he says, "I say, release me." <laughs> and then he spends the entire rest of his time in there trying to hypnotize cats and dogs into <laughs> like getting him out okay, of the cage. My favorite ongoing joke, and this is like a subtle thing that I think the sound people put in, is that every time he talks to the cats, the cats respond. Like they say meow back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. my favorite yeah. conversation that he has is he goes, he goes, We have been imprisoned, and the cat goes, Meow, and he says, Yes, without trial. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess they can talk to animals. Yeah, see, that makes sense. But then when Nandor turned into a dog, I was like, can he do? Has he been able to do that the whole time? I feel like that would have been useful. It's like a werewolf power. Like, it yeah, feel like a power it does have. feel like a werewolf power, doesn't it? It's such a weird crossover. Well, it depends on what kind of werewolf you're talking about, because that's really only like a twilight werewolf power. Other werewolves do not have control over when they turn into wolves, which are fun fact, not dogs. Um, and <laughs> yeah, but like it's kind of it's I I don't know werewolves versus animagi. Um, so true. We don't reference that bullshit here. This is my <laughs> house now. Um, you know what? We talk about anamorphs. So uh, the Twilight style is a more anamorph style than traditional werewolf. Yeah. Uh, but th- at this point in the show, we've seen the word because you know they're, they're the ones in the movie. We've yeah, seen them in the show werewolves. too. No, I'm aware. Um, <laughs> werewolves, not swearwolves. Well, but Toby in the show can just transform into a massive werewolf. He just thinks, thinks about, about it so about the hard. Full moon. Yeah. The Colin Robinson point that I was talking about earlier, where I think he was the most Colin Robinson of this episode, was uh, really a broader point about how uh, Nandor and Colin Robinson just cannot exist in these uh, areas where Nandor completely becomes flummoxed by the bureaucratic system, (laughs) and Colin Robinson absolutely thrives in its 
like pedantry yes. and how boring <laughs> and stupid it is. Nandor cannot hypnotize them, but God bless Cod Robin just could, could bore them to death. Has that been like a, a restriction of, of vampires before? Like, have they always not been able to hypnotize someone unless they wanted to do something? Because I feel yeah, like that's he not mentioned true. it before. I think. I think Nandor's just bad. That's true. Yeah. Because Nadja, because Nadja yeah. comes in and she hypnotizes the same exact person because she's actually like good at stuff. And Lazo's pretty yeah. good at it. Speaking of of horny vampires, it, it was very funny when uh I guess kind of vampires when uh Laszlo was brought in and the two uh like animal control guards were like discussing Laszlo like the little bat and he's like look at this bat face he looks like a little English guy and he's like oh oh what's that fully erect bat penis. <laughs> Nando tries to hypnotize it by requesting the bat with the strange erection or the strange bat with the erection. <laughs> Once again, we are on like another path down and they they clearly want to keep that animals i wonder why (laughs) yeah that was weird when you think about it aren't bats just rats with wings yeah i don't know how i'm gonna make us look good in this episode with all this this one's one's edit (laughs) the edit's gonna be tough (laughs) on this one i don't know if it's titled though we gotta put in parentheses but not richie (laughs) okay we'll leave you out of this one don't worry then comma only carson (laughs) <laughs> I have not mentioned Beast. I, no, I really think I come off worse yeah. here. We're just gonna yeah. Carson, it's all on the record, bud. That's the only second. <laughs> mute yourself. Go back and mute yourself. It's better that way. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, did it's anyone prepare the point of contention? Did anyone prepare the the review from? Bastion I have a pl- I have it pulled up. Do you from Hitchcock? Yeah, Hitchcock. yeah. So Hitchcock with again without a K uh, reviewed this. The 30th of August of this year. Oh my god, okay. So Hitchcock is also rewatching King. with us, if we can corner whatever his uh, kingdom is him. over there. He gave this a 7 okay. out of 10, which I think is yeah. fair. He says, not quite up there is the title, and this is his review. Zero out of zero found this helpful <laughs> on uh, <laughs> Being an animal in New York isn't always the best. When Laszlo becomes a bat, he is attacked and ends up in, in, animal, in animal control. He's put in a cage and tries to motivate the other animals to help him. Nando changes into a dog to rescue him, but he is himself caged. Guillermo tries to figure things out. I agree that Nadja is the weakest character of the three. She is oversexed and hard to watch. She is so hot. She ends up at a carnival where her love from centuries past is with her. He is a dull man who runs a parking ramp. She changes him into a warrior and then leaves him to the cops when she tries to free her friends. Was this review helpful? Sign in to vote. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. She's oversexed, but Laszlo is not? The man was just talking yeah, about fucking in like every episode. And this man did decide to name himself after Alfred Hitchcock, so I cannot truly imagine that without he's... Without the K. <laughs> yeah, without the K. Uh, which I guess he doesn't quite want to be oversexed himself. I think it's pronounced Hitchcoach. Hitchcoochie. I've been looking for some haters. I've been looking to make some enemies. I think I have a new enemy. House Beast. House Beast, if you're listening to this, turn it off. (laughs) You're not welcome. What did they say? Okay. This is House Beast's review. If you can call that two sentences. Really creative House Beast. Um, Petya is so boring in this episode and a little stupid and repetitive. The whole episode made me laugh once, only in the end with the cat. With the cat. Oh, when the cat attacks him? That's like the most overdone joke. I guess. Three out of 41 found this helpful. <laughs> really? It's a pretty That's bad ratio, House Beast. Wait, how did they Keep spell Nodja's name? P-E-T-J-A. I didn't know if that was like a typo <laughs> or if they were trying to like backhand and make like 
she's like a pet or something like that. Some kind of like weird like insult. Reviews. How many reviews exist for this show? This episode, three total on IMDb. Oh, okay, Damn. so you have seen all of them now. Yeah, on IMDb. We should leave a we should boring. leave a, a rating. Claire, you should you should get yeah, on. That. Here's my thing. Like the weird part is that like. There are moments of this episode that I find extremely funny, like, essentially just when Laszlo's in the, trapped in the shelter. But, like, overall, I feel like the plot is not as strong as some of the other episodes. I don't know, it just, it doesn't, it's not super interconnected, like, there's not really a ton going on. It's season season one. one. So it's not, it's, like, smaller stakes, like, smaller swings, as opposed to season four. Yeah, it's a lot less of them being, like, LMAO, what if the vampires whack. Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of more stuck in their own box, which is still creative, and I enjoy it, but it's not as whimsical and crazy as the other seasons. But Matt Berry, I mean, kills it, so... Can give a line reading. Yeah. yeah, Matt Berry has been a solid 9 out of 10 the whole series, and then every now and then, every every few episodes, you're like, that's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, exactly. Of like, that and this episode, that's it, yeah. Do you want to do gay straight ratings? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, wait. We have to do. Yeah, we have to do the the gay the gay rating and Richie's little straight rating, and then the gluten free rating. Can I start with my gay rating? Uh, my gay rating is twelve out of ten suds <laughs> produced by the washerwoman because <laughs> that scene <laughs> was really good. Yeah. Claire, I'm really hung up on just like the thought, like just the mere mention of the fact that Najo was. With I a woman yeah, I genuinely don't know this. why, but like that really got me. Because of the homosexuality, Claire. Yeah, but like specifically a washerwoman is what I mean. Like I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like it's a it's a lesbian trope, you know, the handmaiden and the and the princess or whatever. Like, so it shows true. Up a lot. So true. The servant and the rich woman. Yeah. The gentleman Jack and wow, she was kind of an asshole. You know. Yeah. Ani, do you have a gay rating for this episode? Like, how gay is it? It can be out of any metric, yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it, uh, 17 rats out of 20 possible rats. <laughs> okay. And all 17 of those rats are for, or possibly are, Nadja. Okay, good. I'm gonna go one out of every five erect fat people. <laughs> one out of five erect <laughs> And I think I can leave it at that. I'm going to go uh, one out of two employees at the Animal Control. <laughs> so true. Richie, you want to round us out for that audience? My rating is five. Okay, thank you. Is the thing about the straight rating that it has no accoutrement in the same way that the gay rating <laughs> No, it's just whatever Rich wants to do. It's really just more whatever the... It's just the Richie rating. That can be it's, really it's good. Tough. We don't know. It's tough because, like, I try to think of, like, a straight metric, but, like, I can't think of anything. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Reggie. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, well, I like, everything. I, I don't know. How many trees <laughs> you know, like, in a dude's arm tattoo? Boobs. I was going to say air hockey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, my gluten-friendly... Cans of PBR. My gluten-friendly rating is, um, I'm gonna give that, um, 15 streams of projectile vomit out of 18, because, uh, she eats popcorn, which is gluten-free. I'll say I got flummoxed by our own principle here, which is that I don't understand what gluten-friendly means, and I guess 15 out of 18 is good for people who need to be gluten-free? I don't know. <laughs> that's, a good, 
<laughs> yeah, gluten friendly means nothing. So <laughs> I can tell you. Every time Claire tells me about something she's eaten that was gluten free, like a baked good or whatever, and she's like, "It's so good." I'm like, "Good for regular people or good for you?" And she's like, "Good for." You. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Does anyone else have a good chronic condition we can make fun of into a fodder for this podcast? Depression. Or? I mean, like we. Do- <laughs> I got flat feet. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Rich, Rich. How how walkable was this episode? How walkable this was this episode? Let us know. <laughs> For a normal person or someone who's walking in my shoes? Someone who's walking in your shoes, and you have to let us know what shoes you're walking in for this yes, episode. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And I would say seven. Okay. And for shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know those like keen like water shoes? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I have I have some right behind me. My dad has flat feet huh? and he owns like seven pairs. There you go. Great minds think alike. <laughs> All right. Well, anybody else got any uh, other notes before we wrap it up here? Uh, I would just like to close out by again saying that or at least close out for me by saying there was again good music in this mm. um i really enjoyed the uh music at the end the fun little horn that they were playing for the end credits uh it's just some kind of thing you can look it up on tunefine.com if you look at the episode i'm not going to say the name of it because i don't know i'll add it to my playlist on spotify they get through on mine but it doesn't make sense to go back to them now well are they yeah. funny some of them are really stupid i'll, I'll list like the stupid yes, ones perfect one of them was just like not even like really a note about this show, but it, when it said that Gregor was a fishmonger, it reminded me of the stupid jobs that everyone on Love Island has. And there's a dude on it last year who's a fishmonger. True. Okay. Good so I just wrote Luca. So that was his name. His name was Luca? Yeah. Like, like, like the, the movie. Boys. Great movie. <laughs> All right, well, thanks thanks for getting through this episode. Um, if you want to follow us on socials, we are at scramblies underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and email us, brainscramblyspod at gmail.com. If you're an animal rights activist, maybe don't email us, but everybody else is welcome to. <laughs> and next week, we will be watching season one, episode six of What We Do in the Shadows. And as is routine, I have not looked up the name of the episode, but I'm sure it's a good one. Baron's Night Out. There we go. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> I think we should tag it with a we don't support or condone bestiality. I think we should we should also say that Ani specifically, despite everything, does not <laughs> yeah, not into it, okay? It's good, yeah. Good disclaimer there. No verdict. Not into it. <laughs>I can't believe that this is like <laughs> what the second or third time that we're talking about horse penis on this podcast to the point I that like really bad dragon is passing through my head. This is insane. Yeah. You guys, for sponsor. Oh my god. Please. <laughs>